Good evening, everybody. Thank you for being here. You guys are brave. That is awesome. And I've got to tell you, uh, I'm just so proud of Pastor Kyle. He was able to step in uh, today and help do the funeral for the student in our town. And listen, guys, we need to continue to be praying. And we, we have talked about this before as a church. It is obviously a tragedy anytime life is taken too soon. But we, we've just had such a, a repetitive behavior where kids have taken their lives and, and it's not okay. And I know you guys know that. And it was a, a great opportunity today for Kyle to just be there to help our, our community and to be there for this family. And let's just continue to pray for the Mueller's if we could do that. Let's just do that right now. Father, we thank you for an opportunity as a church to be part of this incredible community full of uh, people, God, that you love and that we love. And I just pray for the Mueller family, God, that you'd continue to walk with them through this tragedy as well as the students that are part of our community and the teachers and the administrators and, Lord, those parents that are going to be having conversations with their kids. And, Lord, once again, God, we just, we just beg of you that your hand would be, would be known and that your love would be understood by those that live in this valley. Lord, we just pray against the enemy's attacks. We, we are just weary, God, of, of all of the challenges that our students are facing, that they would get to a place where there would even be consideration of taking their own life. And Lord, we just pray against that. Lord, we pray for your hope to just be the, the, one of the most powerful understandings. And Lord, the emotion of your hope would be something that we can grasp knowing that we're loved by the creator of the universe. God, help us. Help Help those that are leading our student ministry and those that are volunteering to, to lead our kids, Lord, that they would, and the parents as they have conversations with their kids, Lord, just give us the words to say that they would understand the reality of how much they are loved. Thank you, Father, for caring for us and being our Heavenly Father. We need you desperately. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's continue to be praying together for, for our community, especially for our young people. We, we don't want any more of this, right? And then we need to continue to be praying that God would do a work. And so anyways, we are in this series that, that we have called Till Death Do Us Part, where we've been focusing in during the month of February on relationships and how do we have relationships that last. And you know, I, I know for some of you, you're in a great season relationally. Things are going awesome. You're feeling loved and giving love and thing, making love and all of that, and it's good, and it's good. And then for some of you, this might be a tough season of your, of your relationships right now for any number of reasons, and so it's important that we focus in on this, regardless of where you find yourself. If things are going great, it is no time to just become content. It's a good time to continue to focus on relationships in a way that would help them thrive and continue to thrive in the future. And for those that might find themselves in a challenging spot, this is a great opportunity for you to be able to focus in on relationships too. And, and if you're new and you're still trying to figure out relationships and God's plan, man, this is a great series for you to be in. One of the questions that we've been asking through this series is, is it possible for two people to stay together forever? When you look around the culture around us, we wonder, is it, ha is it possible for two people to stay happy together forever? And, and, and it seems like it should be, but it doesn't seem like it's probable. And over the course of the series, we've been talking about what, what, what is it that's required in order for us to fall in love? Remember what we said? Falling in love uh, requires a pulse. Staying in love requires a 
plan. And so we've been looking at what it looks like for us to have a plan in our relationships. And we've talked as well about how when you fall in love, when you talk about doing that, that's a noun, you fall in love. But to stay in love, that's a verb. And it's going to take and require action in each of our lives. So our first week, our main thought was that love is a verb. And last week, remember, we made it personal. And we had a fill-in-the-blank for our main thought last week. If you weren't here, make sure you hop online and take a look at that. For me personally, uh, the blank that I filled in, lasting love must be Beth-focused. I can't have this relationship work if it's all focused around me. And so the way that we make it work is that we focus on the individual that God has brought into our lives. So here's where we want to go this week. There's a mystery, a complicated mystery that doesn't make sense to me. And this complicated mystery is this. I don't know how it is possible for two people to stand at an altar pledging their love to this individual that God has brought into their lives in front of all of their family and their friends and everyone else that might be there and, and ultimately before God, declaring before everyone that I will love you, I will love you. In sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer, I love you with all of my heart. Till death do us part. And then five or ten years later, how is this possible? That that individual is, is now someone that you hate more than anyone else on the planet. It doesn't even seem like that should be possible. That's just weird, isn't it? We've seen it, we've understand it. Some of you have even, and it's complicated, isn't it? It's complicated. There's not a lot of easy answers to that, but I'm going to try and explain it today. Here's another mystery. How is it possible that you could put these two words together, domestic violence. How's that possible? Domestic means that you live together. You love each other. You laugh together. You eat together. You do life together. You've had children together. And violence, I want to hurt you. How can those two things go together? I'm going to try and explain that just a little bit today. And again, I know it's super complex, and I'm only going to hit on one thing, but I believe it's a big thing. Falling in love requires a pulse, but staying in love requires a plan. And so the real challenge is how do we stay in love? How do we, how do we keep our relationships working well? And we've been talking as well about how we feel in our hearts like this should be possible. And we've been talking about how that's, that's because God has put inside of us his plan. The creator of humanity and relationship put it in us that we should have this desire and hope that relationships should be able to stay together, but let's just be honest. Wouldn't relationships be a whole lot easier if we, if we just came into the relationship 100% completely healthy? With no issues, no challenges, hearts full, hearts healthy. If all of our previous relationships, dating or otherwise, would have been perfect and awesome and you're just emotionally as healthy as possible with no anger issues, no bitterness, no hurt, no oversensitivity, insecurities, no trust issues. However, look at me for a second. That, that's just not reality, is it? That is not reality. We all, have, we all have issues. We all have challenges. And let me try and explain this. Let's try and keep it real. And in fact, what do we call all that stuff that we bring? Don't we? We call it baggage, right? We call it baggage. And we all bring all kinds of baggage into our relationships. Nobody is completely healthy. And, and sometimes it's due to our experiences as kids. And sometimes it's because of uh, challenges that we've had in previous relationships and all kinds of 
thing. So I want to do my best to explain this today. So I want to introduce you to two really good friends of mine. This is Mr. and Mrs. Mug. Really a, a great couple. And uh, they met each other in college. And they, they immediately were attracted to one another. I'm sure you can, you can see why, right? I mean, look at Mr. Mug. This guy, he's a great student. He uh, participated in some intramural sports and he was really a stud out there in intramural sports and he studied hard. And listen, Mr. Mug, when we first met him, he was on the fast track to a good career. And Mrs. Mug, I mean, come on. She's just a hottie, isn't she? And they met each other and they liked each other. And, you know, here's the deal. You might be able to identify with Mr. and Mrs. Mug here just a little bit because when they met each other, they liked each other so much. Watch this. They were on their best behavior with each other as a matter of fact they did everything that they could to kind of keep it real smooth and peaceful hypothetically you might know what i'm talking about huh you see mrs mug was trying to win his affection and mr mug was trying to keep her around and so they behaved really well towards one another and very carefully had some minor bumps every once in a while but it was no big deal because they were in the, on their best behavior, you see? And so they fell in love and got engaged and, and again, still on best behavior as, as best as they could. Some minor bumps, but not a big deal. And they got married. Everything was going really well. And about four, year, or four months into, not four years, four months into their marriage, they had their first bump. And it was crazy. Things happened that they did not expect. And, and Mrs. Mug looked at Mr. Mug and said, Dear Lord, you have anger issues. And Mr. Mug looked at Mrs. Mug and said, I never had any kind of anger issue until you bumped me. And when you bump me, things get crazy. So please, don't do that again. And she went over to her sister and had a conversation with her sister about Mr. Mug's anger issues. And I just can't believe the way Mr. Mug makes me feel. I didn't know that stuff was in him. And when we bumped, man, things got crazy. And he went, you know, wherever guys go, I'm not allowed to tell you that, where guys go. But he had a conversation, and it was probably with himself. And he started talking about how she drives him crazy. Now, here's the problem. This is reality for us. What came out of Mr. and Mrs. Mug? You know what came out of them? What was in them? That is huge. You see, because part of the problem in our relationships, and this is how you can get to the place, five years after you stood before the Lord at an altar and pledged till death do us part. It's because we think that it's the bump that makes what comes out come out. But you see, what's inside of us is inevitably going to come out in our closest relationships. But it's, and the bump does cause stuff to happen, but it's what's inside already that comes out. Does that make sense? And so oftentimes we get so focused on the fact that there are bumps. And so you know what we do when this happens? Mrs. Mug looks at Mr. Mug and says, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I can't handle the bumps anymore. I'm going to go find a new mug. 
and Miss, Mrs. Mug finds a new mug, and you know what happens? They keep gliding, don't they? And the same stuff keeps coming out. And if you're not careful, you say, gosh, you're no good for a mug either. I'm going to go get another mug. And we keep doing this over and over and over again, never realizing that the real problem isn't the bump because life is going to inevitably have bumps. The problem is what's in us. How are we going to deal with this? How are we going to understand then how do we walk through relationships in an entirely different way? The point is this. We come into romantic relationships with stuff, stuff that we call baggage. There's stuff in all of us. And listen, we all understand very well, don't we, that are in relationships, that there is nothing like a marriage relationship to bring the stuff out. Nothing like it. And so often we think that it's the bumps or the challenges or the difficulties, but what we really need to understand today is that it's what we brought into the relationship that is exploding out of us when the inevitable crash happens. There's a light coming on for some of you right now, and no doubt, listen, not everything that's in us is bad, right? Let's not assume that. There's good stuff there too. The scary thing is that we don't know what's in there until, until we're bumped, And nine times out of ten, we blame the spillage on the bump. We blame it on our spouse, the one that bumped us. We always do. So how do we handle this? How can we prepare for the inevitable bump? And young people, listen to me. There is no greater time, if you're engaged, there is no better time than to understand this illustration that we've just talked about today. This is very powerful for you to understand. How are we going to be able to prepare for the bump? Follow along with me. If you have your Bibles, you can just turn there. It'll be on the screens as well in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And you guys know this is where we're kind of land today. Proverbs was written by the wisest man, God said, the wisest man to ever walk the planet. And he talked to us about lots of different things. And in Proverbs 4, 23, look how this verse starts. He says this, above all else. And I need to stop there for a second, because if you've never read Proverbs, you are missing out. And he talks about a lot of really great stuff about wisdom. And he talks about relationships and he talks about money. He talks about debt. He talks about all kinds of things that he talks about in there. And so listen, look at me. This is powerful when the smartest man that ever walked the planet says this, above all else. He starts it like that. I'm paying attention. Above all else. What is it that he's going to say to us? Above all else. What is the top of the list? As you plan to stay in love, here's the most important thing that you can do. Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. If you have your journey guide, you can pull it out and you can see our main thought for this weekend. It's this. To stay in love, I must guard my heart. I must guard my heart. Now, I need to tell you something before we move any further, lest there be some confusion. When I say guard your heart, what I'm not saying is that once there's been a bump, you shut down, clam up, build a fortress around, and let no one in. That is not what this verse is talking about. Some of us have gotten there, and you need to hear me say today, that's not God's plan. That is not how relationships continue to last. That's a whole different kind of guarded heart than what God anticipated and planned and dreamed for us to have in our relationships. So what does it mean to guard your heart? It means to pay attention, to be alert, to stay on watch, to be prepared, to watch over, to protect, or to even be in a place where you're helping to control, to protect against damage or harm, 
to protect against access to a place where things aren't supposed to go or be. To do this well, I was thinking about what it would take. I was thinking it needs to be someone with the, uh, the passion of, of was it, is his name Paul Blart, the guy from the mall, the mall cop guy. You need to be as passionate about your job as that guy was. You know, like, he was a little crazy, right? But if you want to hire a guard, that's the kind of guard you want. He's going to take his job seriously. And that's what Solomon was saying here. Listen, take this job seriously. Guard your heart. You need to have passion. You need to be observant. If you're a good guard, you're observant. You're watching carefully. You even position yourself in a place where you could have good view so that you would be able to see anything destructive that might be coming or, or something that might be causing any kind of problem. You're on alert for that and you've positioned yourself well so that you can have clear vision and see it well. And then when something shows up that's not okay, you're ready to take action. You're a person of action. And sometimes that means you need to have necessary equipment. Sometimes that means that you need to get help when you need to get help. And you learn that sometimes protecting and guarding is better in teams. So you surround yourself with other people that are passionate about the same things that you know, love and care for you, that you can be authentic and honest with. And when something seems to not be right, when the alarm goes off and the guard knows it's time to take action, you can solicit the help of other people that are on the same track as you are to keep your heart guarded. Most importantly, if you're a good guard, you don't sleep on the job. You don't sleep on the job because you're paying attention. You're paying attention so that you can stand up and fight. I was wondering what this would look like in our relationships. And there's, there's both a positive way to guard and then there's some things, action that we have to take against negative things as well. And so when I think about the positive ways that we can guard our hearts, I think about our personal walk with God. I think about your time in prayer, the time that you're spending in the Word so that you can identify things that are unhealthy when your heart begins to go in a direction that's not right or you begin thinking about a thought that you know is not healthy or right because you have spent time with the Lord. Listen, we talk about this all the time at Plum Creek. I'm a different man when I'm close to the Lord. You're a different man or woman when you are dialed in in your relationship with God. You know, Ben was talking about the importance of worship here tonight. And, and man, how powerful is that for us to be reminded of not just when you come to church, but all throughout the course of the week. And some of you that might have tension in your homes, listen, here's a great way to start. Play worship music at your house. Let the presence of God be part of what you experience, even through the music that you choose to listen to. I've challenged couples since we started this church to make sure that you're praying together. Make that a priority. And I know for some that feels weird because you've never done that before, but this is part of the way that you guard your hearts together, that you pray together. Making that a priority and getting involved in a journey group where you're getting to know other people that are on this journey as well that you can be honest with and, and share stories of victory and be able to be there for each other when things are tough. And then I think about ways that, that we need to guard our hearts. Listen, if your job puts you on the road, you better have an intentional plan to guard your heart. I love it when Plum Creekers will send me a text and say, hey, Doug, I'm on the road. Will you pray for me? Absolutely. ESPN only is what we would say. Be careful. Be careful when you're on the road. Guard yourself. Think about relationships that you have. 
Ladies, listen to me. The friends that you hang out with, how do they talk about their spouse? Because if that's unhealthy, you're not guarding your heart well. Guys, if you're hanging out with friends that are bagging on their wives all the time, you need to get some new friends. Because that's not healthy for your relationships. We need to think about how we're guarding our hearts. You know, I've just got to say it. There's stuff that's part of our culture today that is completely unacceptable. Listen, you guys know like one of the hottest movies going right now in book, series, whatever, is the Fifty Shades of Grey stuff. Like if you want to understand how to do relationships, look at me, don't go to that movie. That's not where we're going to get it, right? We're not going to understand how to do relationships right from unhealthy, jacked up stuff. That's not going to be helpful. And as we're talking today, and we begin to realize that sometimes what we, what, we, what we assume has been the problem, which is the bump, is really revealing some things that's inside of us. Think about your major blow-ups in life, and what is it that has come out of you? And when you realize that the bump is just what facilitated what's already inside of you coming out, maybe you're realizing for the first time in your life that you need to do something about what's inside And so I would challenge you that perhaps you need to seriously consider getting some good Christian counseling to be able to deal with some of the issues and some of the stuff that's already on the inside. Listen, there is nothing wrong with that. You know what? Healthy people do get healthy. And when they realize that there's issues that need to be dealt with, they deal with them. Because Mr. and Mrs. Mug learned collisions will happen. Life will bring challenge. And when we're not healthy, unhealth explodes out of it. We need to be careful for how we're guarding our heart. You see, here's the problem. Most of us pay no attention to the condition of our heart. We don't do that well. You know what we do? You want to know how to mess up a relationship? This is how you do it. Instead of paying attention to your heart, what you really become good at is monitoring your partner's behavior. That's what you do. You monitor your partner's behavior and neglect your heart, and you will not have a relationship that will last. Because life is going to have bumps. There will be challenges. You see, isn't it weird that feelings are how all of this got started? You need to hear this. This is vitally important. Your ability to feel loved, accepted, respected, and cared for has as much to do with the condition of your heart as it does with the behavior of your spouse. That was really good. You need to write that down, so I'm going to say it again. You need to write this down. This is vitally important to a relationship that will last. Your ability to stay in love has as much to do with the condition of your heart as it does the behavior of your partner. Both are important, right? But let's be honest. We largely ignore our hearts. And left untended, listen, we know what happens. Left unattended, our hearts become a mess quickly. And then things begin to happen and we think it was a collision that did it. Ask yourself this, do you spend more time monitoring your partner's behavior than you do guarding your heart? That's deep. That might cause some personal reflection tonight. If you want relationships that last, you're going to guard your heart. If you spend more time on your partner's behavior, I can predict that ultimately you're not going to stay in love. You need to guard your heart. Why should we guard our hearts? Why should we do that? Let's look at how this verse continues. Remember, the single greatest thing that he said you can do above all else, guard your heart. But look what he says here. This is powerful. For everything you do flows from it. 
Everything you do flows from it. So if that's true, that that's true in, our, in the context of our relationships, then we better guard our heart because everything is going to flow from there. Listen to how Jesus said it, almost exactly the same way. Listen to what Jesus said. In Luke 6.45, you can write that verse down, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. Let me try and explain. I got all kinds of props today. Boy, this is a mess up here. I'm going to need some help to clean this up before tomorrow. Okay, what's, what is this? Roses, right? These are really great roses, aren't they? And what is this? A skunk. Okay, now I want you to watch what's going to happen here. I'm going to put the skunk right here, and I'm going to put the roses right here. Inevitably, life is going to bring challenges, right? If I crush on a rose, what's it going to smell like? Why? Because that's what's inside. If I step on a skunk, what's going to smell like? It's going to be nasty, right? Wait, wait, wait. Well, you can't miss this. Did what happened changed? I stomped on them both, right? This is the same stomp. The same stomp is going to produce either a good smell or a bad smell, depending on what's on the inside, right? This is the same thing that's true for our lives, and so we guard our hearts. Does your heart stink, or is your heart beautiful? And the only way that that happens is if you guard it. And why do we guard it? Because Jesus said that it's out of our heart that everything else flows, and so we have to be very, very careful to guard our, our hearts well. We're going to spend this week thinking about how each of us can, can post guard at our heart differently. The whole idea of paying attention to what's on the inside is, is new for us. And, and one of the things that we need to do is we need to stop and we need to focus on what we're feeling. And I know that this can be a challenge. What are you feeling before you speak? before you explode what are you feeling to stop and think about that guys let me just say something for us this is sometimes a challenge i know how this works and someone will ask you how you feel and you're like i'm frustrated frustrated is what i am frustrated oh are you feeling anything else what else no no pretty much i'm just frustrated I'm frustrated okay maybe i'm a little angry but mostly i'm i'm frustrated so we really know two emotions, right? Guys, we're frustrated or angry. Or the other, well, actually there's three. We're also okay, right? So we're frustrated, we're angry, or we're okay. That's not, that's not reality, is it? We know there's a lot more there. It's a little bit easier for ladies. And we tend to say it's because they're more emotionally intuitive. But listen carefully, it's not because they're more emotional. Let's go back over here for a second. Women are not necessarily more emotional we're, we're emotional together. God created us as emotional individuals. It's just that ladies are sometimes a little more intuitive about their emotions, and we're just frustrated, or we're just angry, or, you know, if things are going all right, we're, we're okay. That's my emotion. I'm an okay emotion. But that's not reality, is it? We know there's a lot more there, and this can get very complicated. As a matter of fact, you know what's crazy is that anger is typically a secondary emotion. Can you guys tell us a psychology major? It's a secondary emotion. Do you know what that means? That something else happened to make you feel that way. So it's a secondary emotion. So we say we're angry because it's easy, because we are beginning to feel that emotion. We're angry or frustrated. Those are secondary emotions. An example, you might feel angry about being hurt or you might feel angry about being shamed. 
So what I want to do is I want to increase your vocabulary. Here are some other emotions that you might have. Think about this. The goal will be to identify your emotions before you speak. I feel scared. I feel scared. I feel trapped. I feel inadequate. I feel devastated. I feel suspicious. Or I feel lonely. I feel hurt. I feel shame. The first thing that we need to do is is name our emotions and name exactly what you're feeling. Name it. Why is it so important? Because the bump is coming. The bump will inevitably come and we need to begin to describe and understand what's happening inside of us. What are we feeling? Are we feeling uneasy or are we feeling weak or are we feeling insecure? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to identify it. When you identify it, you need to say it to yourself out loud. I feel guilty. I feel alone. I feel shame. Just name that emotion, and it's going to take some practice. I feel jealous. I feel failure. And you see, when you start to name those things, you're getting somewhere. And let me tell you, let me tell you what happens if we bury our emotion. As long as our emotions are a secret, listen, they're powerful. They're powerful. And they're going to cause problems. They're powerful and they're going to drive what you say and they're going to drive how you respond. And so we need to be able to identify what's going on inside of us because they're going to throw us into a funk where you can't talk to anybody, where you would clam up or you'll burst out, one of the two. And neither one of them are healthy. So you start unearthing them and you start naming them. Man, if you've got to get a name tag out and write a name for it, do it. Identify what's going on inside. When you do this, here's what I'm telling you. This is so exciting, and this is going to help you stay together. When you do this, I'm telling you, those emotions begin to lose their power. When we begin to talk about it, when we begin to, that's why people spend hundreds of dollars at a counselor. Because when we talk about it, they begin to lose their power over us. And after you name it, you say it out loud. And when the timing is right, listen to me, when the timing is right, this is important. You've got to share this with your spouse. You've got to share what you're feeling with your spouse. And this is so important. I'm, I really feel like it's important for us today, because, and we're going to end our service this way, but our ushers are going to come and they're going to help us uh, distribute communion elements. So they're going, to, they're going to be coming to help us do that here in just a moment. They'll be coming. And we practice what's called open communion at, at Plum Creek, which means it's not about membership. If you're new and you don't know how we do this, just if you have a personal relationship with the Lord, we invite you to take communion with us. And so just grab those elements and hold on to them for just a second. Here's what happens. Let's just go back over here because sometimes it's easier to have these kinds of conversations with Mr. and Mrs. Mug than it is to, uh, to, to have the conversation for real. And uh, maybe some of you need to get some sock puppets at home <laughs> so that you can have a conversation with your spouse about your feelings. But here's what happens, you guys, when we get to the place where we our understanding that it's not the bump that caused the problem, but it's what's inside that's causing the problems. And when difficulties arise, things are going to inevitably come out. What we need to understand is that what's inside is either going to help us stay together or it's going to blow up our relationships. And so we need to be careful with the way that we're interacting with each other. And, and when we identify that it's not just the bump, let's just say that every time there's a little bump and you do get angry, when and things explode, when times get tough, which inevitably they will, then you need to understand that there's something going on inside of you. And so what you do is you identify it and you say, listen, 
You know, I'm in a place where I'm feeling very insecure. Things at work are a challenge, and I feel like my job is hanging on a thread, Mrs. Mug. And I'm feeling overwhelmed by that. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to respond to that because I'm feel, I feel insecure. I feel, actually, I feel guilty that I might not be able to provide for the family. And you know what? I understand that those are the primary emotion and the secondary emotion is that I'm getting angry easy. And you know, sometimes I just, you know, I just want you to know that when you, when you say the things that you say, it brings all that stuff back up again. And when, when you love somebody, when Mrs. Mug really loves Mr. Mug, and, and he says, you know, when you, when you say that to me, whatever it is, it causes me to feel insecure or to feel like a failure or whatever else it might be. And then I get angry. She says, that's, that's powerful for me to know. And then you know the next thing you need to do? This is the hardest thing. I'm telling you it's the hardest thing. You want to stay together? Here's what you need to do. Shut your mouth after that. Shut your mouth. Because a lot of times what we like to do is defend ourselves, don't we? But there's, there's nothing right or wrong about feelings. And when we get to the place where we can have a conversation with Mr. and Mrs. Mug this way and say really how we're feeling, those are just feelings. That's not, there's no commentary there. It's just the way it is. I'm feeling this way. And I just want you to understand I'm trying not to just be frustrated and angry or okay. I'm trying to tell you this is what's going on inside of me. And then Mrs. Mug then listens and doesn't say anything. And then they process a little bit. And then they begin to talk about whether maybe, maybe it's time for Mr. and Mrs. Mug to go get some good, strong Christian counseling. I need to say something as your pastor. You need to hear me. If you need to get some good, strong Christian counseling, there's nothing wrong with that. But please make sure you get good, strong Christian counseling. I don't care if your insurance pays for it. It's more important that you get good Christian counseling. You want to know what the Bible says and you want to apply what the Bible says to your life. And when we can have good conversations, Mr. and Mrs. Mug, then we stay together. If we don't have good conversations and things continue to explode, things get crazy and we think it's the bumps of life that are causing that when really it's what's inside that's causing it, see, that's when we don't have, we don't have, a, we don't have a chance to stay together if we don't deal with reality. So we need to be thinking about what's on the inside. And I think over the course of this week, God is inevitably going to be sharing with you what some of those things are that you need to deal with. When you begin to name some of those emotions, you're going to begin to see some things differently. And guys, you're going to learn fast that it's not just frustrated. It's not just angry. There's other stuff there. And ladies, you need to have the same kind of conversation with your husband. Have good conversations to talk about what's really going on inside. You know, it's interesting that we're going to take communion today. And um, I think it's important because in the passage of Scripture that talks about taking communion, it says that it's important for us to get this, examine our hearts. It's powerful, powerful. And the beautiful thing about examining our hearts is also remembering that, that Jesus, he died on a cross. And we talk about healing a lot, don't we? You know what I don't think we talk about enough is emotional healing too. Because we can have some emotional scars that go pretty deep. And I believe that with the Lord's help, and us being intentional about guarding our hearts, that he can bring healing there. And so if you're thinking, just bow your heads for just a moment, if you're thinking about your relationship right now and you know it's not where it needs to be and you're thinking about the things that are going on in your life and maybe even how there's been some bumps lately that have revealed some things and tonight, you're thinking about it differently because it's been revealing some things that maybe, maybe you're realizing aren't, aren't very good that are going on inside of you. 
Maybe some things that you need to have some good conversations about. And maybe you're realizing it's not really a marriage problem. It's not really a relationship problem. But truth be told, it, it's, maybe, it's maybe a heart problem. Well, Jesus told us when we take communion that we're to examine our hearts. So I'm going to give you just a couple of seconds. And what I want you to do is to pray this prayer. Lord, speak to me today. Speak to me today. Speak to me this week. Help me to be aware of what's going on on the inside. And then I want you to name it. So I'm going to give you a second just to pray that prayer yourself. Daddy, we come to you tonight and I thank you that you care about our relationships even more than we do. And you created relationship and you knew that there would be challenges in relationships too. And today when you look down on us, Lord, you see all kinds of stuff that's going on in each of our lives, unique individuals having very unique circumstances and situations, some really great things, some challenging things, some things that we've buried from a long time ago that continue to be part of what erupts when we have the bumps in life. Father, I pray today that you will speak to us, that we will hear your voice, that as we, that as we examine our hearts, Lord, you will teach us and help us to be aware of what's going on so that we can name it. Lord, realizing that, that you will help us to overcome what's on the inside. Realizing tonight that maybe, maybe this has more to do with the condition of our heart than it does the behavior of our partner. Lord, will you help us to remember that if we're going to stay in love, we need, to, we need to guard our hearts differently. That to experience the fullness of relationship that you have called us to experience, that we're going we're gonna to have to understand that that has as much to do with the condition of our heart as it does the behavior of our partner. God, help us. Help us to get help when we need it. Help us to have authentic conversations where we need to have them so that we would be able to move forward into the fullness of relationship that you want us to have. And ultimately tonight, God, we thank you for your body that was broken and your blood that was shed. And so today, Lord, I pray that this would even just be a symbolic reminder of the healing that can be ours when we lean into your work on the cross. That your redemptive work, it just, Lord, it, it's something that is obviously helping us to be able to experience relationship with you and hope for eternity, but that God, your redemptive work is also in, in, in us right now, in these moments, in these relationships, even in our emotion, God. And I pray that we would experience your redemptive work in a new way this week as we get very intentional about examining and guarding our hearts. Father, help us to do that well. We pray against the enemy that wants to come and cause there to be hopelessness instead of hope. God, will you give us new hope? Will you take the bread? and the cup. And will you stand to your feet with me? <clears throat> Father, as you, as you look tonight down at Plum Creek, you know there are relationships in all kinds of different places. 
And as we've been walking through this series, we've been intentionally taking a look at what it means to stay together. And Lord, we just thank you that you've stamped that DNA in our heart. We want that to be what we experience, but we know it's going to take hard work and intentionality. And so will you help us as we continue to walk through this that, that we would definitely make love a verb? That we would be at a place where we would not live selfishly, but they would understand lasting relationships is, is others focused, not, on a, not focused just on us. And then, Lord, as we talked about today, will you help us that, that we would be people that would guard our hearts. Instead of being so worried about our spouse's behavior, God, will you convict us? Will you help us? Will you guide us? Will you direct us and help us to see your plan for what's going on in our hearts? God, we're going to need your help this week. So help us to do that well. Give us hope. Help us to learn how to do this right so that we could have marriages that would be fulfilling for us, Lord, and honoring to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. Amen.